climate leadership has to come at the level of the city's top leaders yeah be it the mayor be it the the members of the legislative assemblies be it the elected representatives be it the municipal commissioner and be it the district collector and everyone hello and welcome to the season 2 of understanding the future I am your host Punit Gandhi and Climate Center for Cities is excited to bring to you a podcast about the future of work in the field of climate change, urban development, sustainability and innovation. We will talk to experts working on ground as well as in the top management of government and non-governmental organizations to better understand how the field looks like in future. This will help us in preparing to enable climate actions as well as gauge the type of skill sets and jobs that would be required in future to solve complex challenges. If you are listening to it for the first time, do tune into season 1. Hello and welcome to the season 2 of Understanding the Future. I am your host Punit Gandhi and today we have with us Shri Kunal Kumar. He is the Joint Secretary and Mission Director of Smart Cities Mission at the Ministry of Housing and Urban Affairs. He will help us better understand how can we enable climate action in cities. Welcome to the show Kunal sir. Uh, thank you Punit for this very uh, exciting series uh, that uh, CCube has set in place. Uh thank you sir. So let's start our initial and the first question with how do we see cities uh, in india developing in sustainable manner over the next decade or something cities by their very nature are aggregators of sorts they aggregate human resources they aggregate material resources energy resources and they are the places where economic activity living together yeah. and um, and um, the the future of country um, a country like ours especially uh, depends on how this 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 spans out this this actually yeah. happens and uh, in the process um cities um affect and get affected yeah. by climate change in many different ways yeah what you describe in your question as sustainable development is something that is very very important in this context one we are on the cusp of very rapid urbanization there yeah. is ample research which shows that once countries reach 30% yeah i'm not sure of the cause but um, they tend to urbanize very fast beyond that uh, marker yeah. of 30% second um post the covid pandemic whenever we reach that situation there would be a demand for high economic activity and a lot of rebalancing of global value chains and networks will take place which will um i presume give us a lot of uh, new ventures and businesses coming to our country thereby also leading to more economic activity in our cities yeah third uh, even for the rural sector it's very important that our cities make it uh, on a on a sustainable economic and inclusive development path uh, because whatever resources are generated in our cities are actually going to be flowed back into the even the rural areas which is why city development is not only important for economic growth in urban areas it's important for overall growth of the country yeah having said that sustainable development is a uh, very um 
you know, it's, it, it has to reside in the consciousness of the city for it to be actually embedded into its programs and initiatives. Yeah. Uh, a city has a government, it has its community, it has stakeholders, it has multiple people who are engaged with the operation of the city working and functioning. And all of them have to imbibe a certain sense of sustainable development for yeah. it to really become embedded into each of their things. So I think uh, on um, on your question, each area of work, whether it is governance, whether it is um, development projects, uh, whether it is uh, use of technology, whether it is about resource efficiency, whether it is about uh, you know um, uh, deciding on new housing, new mobility, new street lights, uh, yeah. any any frag fragment of the city's work everywhere. Yeah. I think it's important that the climate lens gets embedded. Yeah, no, absolutely, I agree because eventually, with this congregation of people that happens, we are going to use more resources. How we, I think. And that is where my next question uh, comes in, that while municipal corporations help in expansion or SPVs help in expansion of cities while more people come in, uh, what is their main role in developing such systems for the cities and how can they develop it? So they have to be the anchors. In fact, uh, if you see uh, the name for the Mahanagar Palika is a Palika of the city. Essentially, it has to be the anchor. It has to be the guardian of the city. Yeah. city. And the SPV is nothing different. ULB, it's a, it's a, ULB is the mother entity of the SPV also. Yeah. Uh, this, this is where climate governance has to take shape. And uh, this could take shape in multiple different ways. It could shape, take shape in the form of a department. It could take shape in the form of a new SPV. It could take shape in the form of existing SPV having a different uh, you know, vertical working on it. Yeah. But I think all of these um, are basically technical ways of looking at it. Overall, climate leadership has to come at the level of the city's top leaders, yeah. be it the mayor, be it the, the members of the legislative assemblies, be it the elected representatives, be it the municipal commissioner, and be it the district collector and everyone. Yeah. So there has to be a, a consensus among them as to what course the city is going to take, and this has to this consensus has to emerge after detailed dialogue with a lot of stakeholders. Yeah. It's not an easy process for the city to decide that tomorrow the future for our city will not be car driven, but would be more driven by non-motorized bicycle and walkable cities and stuff like that is a leadership decision. It's not an engineer's decision. Uh, it's not a technical decision. So um, whether it be municipal corporations, SPVs, departments, verticals, cells, yeah. the leadership has to come from the top. And these cells have to work in an integrated fashion across all government departments and also incorporate in their functioning yeah. adequate feedback mechanisms and partnerships with community organizations and other private organizations who are willing to contribute, who have ideas, who have you know, the wherewithal to actually work with everyone together to take the city in a direction that is best fit for itself as, um, as far as sustainable development goes. So multiple different ways of working, uh, multiple different ways of coming together can happen. But um, the, the core of it is that leadership has to develop. And I think through the Climate Smart Cities program that NOVA is trying to drive, yeah. uh, people may see it as a technical program on assessment and uh, formation of departments and cells. But I think um, it would be, it is very important for people to see it as a program for developing climate leadership in our cities. Yeah. 
and, and therefore drive localized actions through yeah. that leadership in whatever way is suited uh, for the city to move ahead, whatever governing style. Uh, so the form is not important. The function is important. The function is providing climate leadership and, um, and the form can be best suited to the city. Absolutely. And uh, so coming to the, the next question is lines of how uh, so we have developed now Climate Smart Cities Assessment Framework, which helps cities lead the way uh, in this whole challenge as well. Uh, but at the same time, now, how can Maua be part of this in uh, COP26? Uh, what can it do and what can it uh, represent over there? Maua... Um has to also be looked at as an in, in, in an integrated manner with all of government of India's action post the Paris Agreement. Yeah. Uh, if you see the INDCs that India took over, yeah. um, um, and, and they are being implemented by many different ministries, programs are being implemented by many different ministries uh, to, um, to achieve those targets. And uh, I think the National Mission for Sustainable Habitat, the NMSH, yeah. Is uh, is one of the eight missions under the National Action Plan on Climate Change, and uh, it's very heartening to know that uh, the National Mission for Sustainable Habitat was redesigned recently, yeah. and the Climate Smart Cities Assessment has now become uh, um, a very integ integral component of it, and would really act as a yearly progress report on our achievements on the NMSH. So, NMSH and the CSEF have got integrated with each other and would yeah. feed synergetically into each other uh, so that the benefits of an assessment can then lead to better actions on sustainable habitats and better actions on sustainable habitats can lead to improvement in CSCAF indicators. Absolutely. The CSCAF uh, is therefore going to be um, the fulcrum on which Mahua's climate actions and Mahua's support in climate uh, actions to states and cities will um, be riding upon. Yeah. And uh, today, if you see the, the CSEF has actually been accepted and uh, worked upon by 126 cities. The plan is to take it to 500 cities in, in the near future. Of course, the scale up from 126 and 500 is a huge uh, effort and it would need a lot of partnerships, a lot of scale up in technology use, a scale up in uh, human resources, uh, you know, mentors, uh, experts, and practitioners, all of them coming together because we don't want to do it for the sake of showing that we are in climate We really want to actually do some meaningful effort through the Climate Smart Cities Assessment and the, and the framework, larger framework. So, um, so India's um, goals are really very huge. Uh, the Paris Agreement, and um, if you see India is at the, at the moment the third highest contributor of GHGs in the world. Per capita wise, it's, it's very less. Uh, yeah. But because the population is very high, and therefore a lot is at stake with what we do in India uh, for yeah. the entire world. And then within India, I think 70% of the dent in climate change, uh, negative effects of climate change have to happen through actions in our cities, which is where through the NMSH, CSCAF, and work with other ministries and partners, we will keep evolving the framework yeah. um, to reach those targets in a more efficient manner. Absolutely. And here, what would you tell cities? Because now they have gone through a couple of assessments. Now they do understand a bit more about CSAF as well. Uh, what would you tell them on how to proceed ahead and what to do uh, so that they can leverage the framework to be more sustainable and develop themselves in a better way? See, the first thing that CSAF has done, which is very path-breaking in itself, 
is to create a visualization of where your city stands if it was not there and, and a visualization on a common parameter is equally important because for you to visualize yourself on a parameter differently from other cities prevents you from actually becoming competitive yeah. but having a simple structured comparative framework gives your city an idea of to where you stand on energy where you stand on mobility where you stand on water what are you doing on solid waste how do you compare with the equivalent cities across the country and world and uh, uh, what are the indicators that you should be looking at and it's actually given a chance to the climate leadership in cities to use the assessment as a city dashboard yeah. where you get a lot of information from different sources coming in you are able to visualize where your city is and now the effort has to be in improving those uh, improving your standing or improving your performance in those indicators yeah um so you look at uh, guidelines for example if you're looking at uh, green areas and you look at whichever guidelines like the urdp fi guidelines suggest an x percentage of green area should be there and all now guidelines are at one level sometimes retrofitting new cities new cities you can follow guidelines but retrofitting cities is difficult it is difficult to follow guidelines yeah. it is where you can compare with your peers you could look at different states and different cities within your own states and figure out so use the climate smart cities assessment very very efficiently to get accurate data to align people and stakeholders within the city around that data yeah to make it source of truth so everyone then is aligned on the current situation of the city and then each one's actions as i said in the beginning each one's actions contributes today if you are deploying new street lights whether they are efficient street lights energy efficient street lights or not will actually uh, Im- uh, impact the dynamic Uh, equilibrium of sustainable development in your city whether you do concrete roads whether you do whether you do proper water systems or you are not uh, uh, doing uh, over proper water systems through leakage control and you know prevention of non revenue water everything will contribute to sustainable development true and therefore uh, this data will help you align stakeholders it will align resources you will be able to create budgets you will be able to create a appropriate governance mechanism and then you should constantly improve your performance on these uh, indicators uh, yeah. by having a, a the right set of prioritizations so i can uh, for example a city is doing very bad on mobility and air quality yeah so one of the things we need to fix is transport yeah and uh, within transport key deliverable has to be how uh, how friendly the city can become for walking and cycling how friendly it can become to active living how friendly it can become to public transport how can public transport become more energy efficient these are things that we should then focus upon and then see in the longitudinal survey that happens next year again how they have been able to improve and benchmark against other cities in the country so this has to be used as a tool csef is not something that we are as a mahua or a government of india um you know uh, trying to drive essentially this is a tool that we have offered to the ecosystem and as a tool just like you know you use your mobile phone for very many different reasons so csef as a tool can be used for many many different reasons as you imagine for your city to impact positive development action in your city climate sensitive action in your city so i request cities to take the leadership and uh, and build partnerships and collaborations around the data that get generated and constantly keep improving the efforts for climate sensitive development yeah absolutely 
uh, and you had previously also mentioned uh, in this interview itself that uh, number of stakeholders are very important here and that is how we have also been able to develop a whole alliance partner which has more than 50 uh, organizations in it now uh, they have obviously helped a lot uh, to the cities what would you say to them that more and more such partnerships can build up from ground up so that there is more uh, climate action that we can see on the ground well so uh, we will have to have a multi pronged approach uh, for this to happen i think uh, first at the level of the cities themselves they have to identify relevant stakeholders who can add value to this work so this could be from the local academic institutions this could be from local community organizations it could be from local individuals yeah. uh, and for that matter students and the youth who could actually take up the mantle of working together with the city and its government and its climate governance whatever form it is to uh, create climate action in city so that's the first level at which this should happen yeah. secondly at the level of the state government actually the states can come forward and and um, help all the cities where possibly you know there are small cities where they uh, will not have the wherewithal to do it locally to bridge and come in and fill in the gaps as far as cities are concerned at the level of the states at mohua through the csc af um and the c and and its parent organization which is created in niue called the c cube uh, we have to build a network of country when i say i mean experts i'm very guarded because i seldom use this word for people who generally call themselves experts i would believe in calling those people experts who have actually done practical work on ground and speak from so these experts would actually be practitioners already working in these municipal corporations and spvs and uh, we would like to amplify their voice we would like to see that they then are able to reach out to a wider audience so that from the experience and the kind of work that they have done others also get benefited yeah. then we will have to um, see whether we can um, build trust with many other organizations across the country and work with them to create many more partnerships all the six cities it's very hard to see Yeah. Close to 121 cities get got to work with different partners, different kinds of partners, yeah. and um, and they were able to therefore participate in the CSCF in a much more meaningful way. Yeah. And you would like to deepen that effort going forward. I would like to invite many many more partners, individuals, organizations, like-minded uh, organizations, community organizations, agencies who are working in this field. yeah to let us come together you know and uh, create a whole which is bigger than the sum of its parts and work together towards a common goal which all of us uh, um have at the core of this um, action is to is to work together to take our cities and help our cities support them in building uh, climate action ground this would also include capacity building it would include um, implementation support it would include support in the generation of uh, um peer to peer learning groups um, you know uh, interaction sessions field visits and all of this has to become possible and then you will also have to embed yourself in the city teams yeah. to be able to work from within and understand the challenges that cities face so that we're not theoretically uh, working with the cities we are actually being able to cont- contribute in a more practical manner yeah so i would really invite many many more uh, partner organizations to come uh, forward and engage with cq and help us and work with us to take this agenda forward yeah absolutely and uh, as you mentioned practitioners are one of the most important things uh, we also feel that and that is where uh, at cq we currently build a new climate practitioners india network 
to basically aggregate all that information because uh, currently we do have a whole network of organizations but we also believe that it's important that on ground we know more and more people who do this so that while anything happens they can function out in a better way and we have talked about this uh, through fellowship as well while uh, we were working together that quadruple helix becomes an important part of this whole discussion because this is not like that okay only one organization can lead such things so what would you uh, tell citizens on how to actively get involved into this whole ecosystem i think one you know um, be actively engaged with the city um, being actively engaged with the city is a two way process uh, many a time citizens may want to engage with the city but would not find adequate forums to do so Uh, which is where i think uh, cities and citizens will have to figure out and cities will have to provide ample opportunities uh, through online and offline mediums for citizens to be able to engage yeah. once that happens citizens uh, should uh, especially the youth as i said and especially those people who are invested in seeing the good of the city happen yeah. collectively build a consciousness it's not about me it has to spread like wildfire so it's about me Uh, taking it to ten more people, those ten taking it to ten other people, and sooner than later, the, the entire city is engulfed in uh, in talking about these uh, issues and you know deliberating on it, and sort sort of a consensus emerging that yes, we will have narrower roads and greater footpaths, bigger footpaths. Yes, uh, we will prefer to travel on public transport, and we will see and support the city in investing in better public transport. Yeah, uh, will uh, we will ensure that uh, you know. um uh, the energy that we consume at our homes and offices is reduced and we gradually move to more energy efficient ways of uh, um working both at uh, and living both at offices and homes we would ensure uh, this would ensure that organizations who uh, pay their staff actually proactively give um, certain benefits to people who let's say walk or cycle to work yeah. and therefore maybe consider giving them some concessional loans for buying cycles or whatever or maybe an extra increment or so or some financial benefit of a kind to boost such morale all this is action uh, which will help us amplify and scale up climate action it's not only about the city government it's about yeah. all actors coming together academic institutions can create you know fund research around these topics based on what the city needs and that research can actually then get deployed as a, a projects in the city so everyone has uh, a sphere to contribute to whether it is citizens whether it is uh, the city the city can also actually engage youth through internship and apprenticeship programs yeah. and uh, and those individuals who are very um, enthusiastic and want to contribute to climate action in their cities can actually become part of that program and they could actually become the fulcrum on which the city can drive its climate governance cell uh, yeah. so they can become the hands and legs while there is a entity which looks into broader issues they can actually become the hands and legs of going into the community running surveys talking to stakeholders building action you know kind of aggregating insights ideas and all bringing them all together at the level of the city and then doing some pilot projects and then scaling it up in the future i'll tell you the example of the of the streets for people program i mean we started as a tactical program now hundreds of kilometers of uh, of footpaths and um, walkable streets are getting created across the country uh similarly the cycling program uh, you know yeah. uh, initiative which started um, small now you see about 400 500 kilometers of cycling tracks being developed across the country and this is nothing for a country like india yeah. there's immense amount of work that can happen 
But the point I want to argue here is among the cities who have been able to successfully deploy these streets or build these cycling tracks and build a holistic vision around cycling are those cities who have actually been able to engage with their citizens and stakeholders better. Had not that had that not been the case, um, cities would not have been able to achieve this distance. And of course, it is a complex exercise, and therefore, um, it is not a one-off discussion with uh, uh, citizens and uh, stakeholders that is important. Uh, this has to be um, this has to be a, a very um, long-term structured engagement. Yeah. Uh, at multiple levels in multiple dimensions, this conceptualization and its implementation, its monitoring um, at multiple times in, in the, in the, and multiple stakeholders, everyone should be involved. So um, one has to draw, it has to be, there has to be a method to this madness. It's not only about calling a bunch of people and asking their ideas. Yeah. It's about implementing those ideas, getting back to them and having a team of uh, the community also work in implementing the ideas. It's a 360 degree approach to citizen and uh, stakeholder collaboration that cities will have to develop. So the leadership has to come from cities, but at the same time, I would request uh, everyone in the cities um, to actually try to find out avenues, look for uh, 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 prospects of engaging constructively, uh, contributing to this agenda through building action in your own communities and families, and yeah. um, and constantly being in two-way communication with the city authorities. Absolutely, uh, uh, that's important, and uh, that brings me to uh, one of the questions where as and more uh, citizens will also involve with this whole process. I think one of the important things that will come out is the new innovations that will take place on the ground, because uh, that will be a back and forth process which will continuously develop new and new things. So how do we take into account, how can cities leverage those things uh, to make sure that uh, the systems are organized in a way that innovation can be taken up in the cities, uh, which will help again them uh, developing better levels and scores in CSEF. And the most important uh, aspect of innovation is to first define the problem. Most of the times, uh, when we talk of innovation, we don't have the problem in mind, but we are attracted towards some of the other solution that we've heard seems innovative. And that doesn't lead us anywhere because the problem is very specific to our place. And unless we really uh, put the problem in a proper, uh, uh, understand the problem in a proper framework, we will not be able to solve it. So cities have to, for innovation to come into cities, uh, it's very important that problem diagnosis is done in a very, uh, uh, meaningful manner, where almost like you know, um, having a big idea crowd and a small idea crowd and crowdsourcing and and looking at neighborhood level levels and uh, you know ward level uh, issues and and uh, city level issues and so there has to be a framework for problem sourcing. Uh, climate governance, the first step has to be for problem sourcing, and it's by fixing those small problems actually. So it's, the whole is never going to become emerging in one goal. It has to emerge through a lot of meaningful small and large actions. So that's one. Once that is done, then the city has to have a framework of engaging with both public and private actors on those problems and find out ways of solving them. Now, uh, innovation could just simply mean doing the same thing in a different way. Let's say you were making uh, you know roads in a particular way and you now started making them in a different way. That is innovation. It doesn't mean to be that you know there has to be some glamorous kind of street light or something very bizarre happening for innovation to be called innovation. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, you know, uh, try to uh, equate innovation with something very, very drastic and changed. 
but it's just a small tweak in the way you do roles just a small tweak in the maybe the amount of material you use or the kind of material you use can create huge impact on climate so please be mindful of the fact so that is probably the incremental and also when you see uh, something very transformational um, innovations can also come in uh, uh, which of course will not be known to you directly that's the nature of innovation um, uh, you know you can't ask for something you don't know for yeah. which you have to be alert you have to actually for example the, the city innovation exchange platform yeah. or many other platforms can be looked at by the city from hackathons to engaging with startups to dealing with incubators talking to accelerators figuring out people who are working in the domains of the problems that they have identified for themselves and engaging with them meaningfully and then finding ways to actually engage them um it's not only about finding such startups you actually have to find out solutions to procure those solutions and start to uh, operate them in new cities once again innovation is not equal to startups only okay. is another myth about innovations is that it is startups which is equivalent to innovations innovations are different ways of doing the same things finding out whether it could be from a individual from a startup from an existing company or for that matter another myth is that governments don't innovate only the private sector innovates in fact it's it's high time that all of us realize that it has to be government does not only to innovate itself does need to innovate in the way it governs climate the way it interacts with stakeholders the way it uses technology the way it builds capacity but also needs to enable innovation by making it easier for startups and the and the innovator fraternity to access data to know about what is needed to see the city's priorities to access the city's needs and to be able to build solutions on top of that so it's a two way game where you are consuming you are also innovating at the same time you are also enabling innovation and um, this uh, this essentially is an area where the city has to open itself up like a living lab a lot of leadership again i come back to the fundamental crux of this issue if you have a leadership uh, around climate you would find doing these things easy if you look at these things technically you will never be able to you know, you'll never be able to really ignite uh, or sort of galvanize the entire ecosystem in the city around these things it is not difficult many small and big cities across the world are doing it we are seeing beginnings in some of our cities towards extraordinary work climate smart cities uh, framework has shown that a lot of cities have started to push the pedal literally on uh, walkable and cyclable cities on yeah. many other frontiers we've seen you know um the csca framework we've seen nine four star cities come up we've seen uh, now cities are actually knocking at the door of the five star and we've seen many indicators have cities which are already in five star this is not i'm not saying that this is ideal we will see the ideal situation is when all these cities will probably be at the five star level but if the journey has started and it has to be sustainable and for that uh, fundamentally we need to have Uh, a strong leadership in the cities to make that possible absolutely so coming to one of the last questions that we ask everyone who uh, comes on this podcast is on the lines of what kind of skill sets are required because we are now talking about a very big uh, systemic change as well that would be required on ground off ground and a lot of students would come into picture a lot of youth will come into picture so while they learn all different kinds of courses which will be required in the urban development sector uh, what are some core skill sets or core things they should remember while getting and working on with this system to enable such uh, climate actions 
I think uh, effective communication is something that uh, we cannot disregard, uh, even though it seems to be a very general thing. But I think a lot of the wind in climate discussions gets lost because it is not communicated effectively. Probably everyone around us understands that climate change is visible, it's happening, but a lot of people are not able to really take it to the next level of action. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of that depends on how we effectively we are able to com communicate. The second, I think, is about use of technology. Yeah. And by use of technology, I don't mean only technology for deploying sensors. But you know, technology, for example, can help you connect with your stakeholders. How many people could you connect in a physical domain? I mean, even if you have a big hall and you call in 10,000 people, you'll never, never be able to talk to 10,000 people, but you can source ideas from 10,000 people using technology very, very easily. So technology is a great connector. Technology will help you assess, visualize your city through sensors or whatever. It can tell you accurate data. It can get you, you know, through APIs, many other departments and many other private organizations. We can actually uh, bring in data. It can give you capacity to look at big data and figure out the trends and predictions for your city and then uh, take meaningful action. It can also help you build capacity. Uh, for example, the National Urban Learning Platform or other equivalent platforms help you build capacity. So technology has a very important skill set to have. And not only technology is one skill set, but it has many, many other sub-skill sets. Yeah. Uh, the third thing I think is, um, um, I think innovation also requires a certain, um, certain core group of people in the city to understand that domain. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to be innovators themselves. But they're going to be the one who will actually bridge the gap between the innovation fraternity and the city. And they are the ones who will get stakeholders in the city together. They will be the ones who will chart the course of how the city formulates problem statements and you know how it interacts with stakeholders, how it opens itself up to academic institutions and startups and innovators, and how it sources all the meaningful solutions. Yeah. So um, these are things that, of course, skills are required in every domain. Whether it's mobility, you need skill sets for electrical vehicles, you need skill sets for better management of traffic and transport, you need skill sets for better water management, you need skill sets for better solar management, you need skill sets for better waste management, green buildings, you need to you know work with uh, uh, existing rating uh, and, um, formulas to actually do better green building. So sectoral, you have a lot of requirements on the capacity, but the core, I think, uh, effective communication, uh, use of deployment of technology and uh, the practice of innovation. Uh, would be core to everything across sectors. And these are the skill sets that need to be built uh, in by the city. Thank you. This was absolutely inspiring to hear. And I hope more uh, of the youth can also understand this as an effective skill set to develop uh, such climate actions, either in their cities, in their neighborhoods, wherever they are doing. Any last thoughts you have and you would like to cover if you have missed out on something? I would say, you know, uh, this reminds me of uh, Mahatma Gandhi's statement, be the change you want to see. Yeah. And um, all of us have to actually think and reflect as to whether we just talk to climate or we actually mean. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it happened to me also one fine day, I've been talking about cycling and I'm talking of cycles to change. And one fine day, I switched over from my car to my cycle and I've been... Uh, coming to work, um, so my work trips are now cycle yeah. uh, and not cars. So that's that that has given me a sense of contribution. Also has removed this cognitive dissonance from my mind about talking something and actually not doing it. And I would request everyone who's in this call, who's listening to this podcast, 
I mean, what I'm saying is not enough. Clearly, I'm leading a mission, so I have to do a lot more. But it just started with a small personal example to say that it's in our domains, everyone's personal domains, to start making the shift happen. And uh, small things will aggregate to large outcomes. And each of us has a canvas to contribute. Uh, and we should look forward to meaningful ways of doing that contribution and making things turn in positive directions as we uh, go about the day-to-day -day business of our lives. So uh, that probably will be my final statement. Thank you so much for this inspiring word, sir. And I hope uh, more and more people do change their outlook and start making at least smaller parts of the contributions, which will eventually lead to a bigger ecosystem changes. Thank you, sir. So Thank you to CQ and Puneet. Thank you. You have been listening to Understanding the Future podcast. To know more about Climate Center for Cities, check out our website www.niua.org slash c-q The show is conceptualized, produced and edited by Punit Gandhi, Senior Associate at CQ. You can now subscribe to our podcast on your favorite channel, which can be accessed through the credits. Also, don't forget to follow us on our social media for more updates. Do share your reviews with us and help us spread the podcast to your friends and colleagues. Do write to us if you would be interested in learning about any specific topics. Thank you and stay tuned for our next episode.